Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. If yeah, you wake up in people's beds, take off your pants. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just courtesy, I think. Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is Chain Wrestling uh, with Mags and Sai. Thank you very, very much for pressing play, taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to us two plonkers waffle on about random old wrestling. Uh, I am Sai, and with me as always, he is the Dolly Parton to my Kenny Rogers. He is the road dog to my Double J, Ain't I Great? Uh, he is the podfather wow. himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing this week, my friend? You know what? It's been uh, today has been absolutely amazing because I got to see some artwork of of my good self looking the best I've looked in about fifty years. Um, the the drawing from from um, from your uh, daughter is just absolutely amazing. Looks not like me. Absolutely, doesn't, <laughs> there's no resemblance whatsoever. But it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I've been beaming all day. My eldest daughter Anya, yeah, she uh, put something on Twitter for us to see, didn't she? She's uh, uh, living at her mum's during lockdown, so I've not seen her for a little while. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she's been very kind, I think, to our uh, jawlines and waistlines <laughs> there. <laughs> and hair, and, and hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Anything exciting happen this week, mate? Or is it just the same old, same old with lockdown? Yeah, well, in, in terms of real life, yeah, uh, absolutely the same old. But uh, we did get a, a pretty exciting uh, NXT takeover last night, which was uh, which was pretty fun. Yes, I watched that this afternoon and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, what, did you, what did you think of the show all the way through? It was, it was, it was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the first match was, uh, there was um, some little, Little bits of sloppiness from from shots there, um, but she's an absolute star, and you can you can tell it's like almost like part of a charm. Uh, I don't think there was a, a particularly bad match on the whole card. To be fair, um, mm. it was absolutely stacked. But yeah, Adam Cole broke a million hearts when he's uh, he's basically disbanded the the undisputed era by kicking poor Kyle O'Reilly clean in the face. I'm absolutely mm. devastated. Do you think that's going to be it, dear? Or do you think they're going to 
sort of keep it together in, in another format. I mean, you look at, say, for example, the Horseman, the, the original four everyone thinks about, but you had how, God knows how many different incarnations afterwards, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you you are right, and, and I can't see WWE throwing this cash cow of the Undisputed Era uh, away uh, as just as quickly as this. Uh, it's just which which part will Adam Cole be in that the concern is for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, like, Cole's an absolute star, though, isn't he? He's an absolute diamond. He's going to be... Um... Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens after this, you know, after WrestleMania and so on, if he sort of gets bumped up to the main roster any time. Well, I call it main roster, but you know what I mean. If he goes to Raw and SmackDown anytime soon as well, I suppose. Um, I don't know if there's a draft soon or anything like that, is there? Um, well, there's usually, uh, in uh, after WrestleMania, you usually get uh, a few debuts. So maybe the building to that um, have call in a multi-man match for, for the towel, uh, obviously not win and then move up to, to main roster. But, I mean... We've we've been graced with four years of absolutely amazing stuff with our with our undisputed era, and I actually uh, did a little bit of research yesterday. And since they debuted at Brooklyn Free in 2017, they they haven't missed a single takeover. There's been at least one member of uh, the undisputed era on every single takeover since, which is just a phenomenal streak. And I thought that. That uh, yes, the show was going to be the first time that they missed, but obviously uh, with with the the running at the end, it, 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 they they've kept that streak going. Um, but yeah, it's a, a sad day because I, I, they they're my guys. I love their undisputed era, uh, but all good things have to come to an end, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think they're fantastic as well. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of theirs, and the wife is a huge fan of. Adam Cole, I mean, the Undisputed Era in general, but she, she actually adores Adam Cole. I mean, ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't he, with the long hair and stuff for her, I guess. It's very, <laughs> she's got a certain type. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 but she you know, admires how good he is as a wrestler as well, obviously. And, yeah, I, I, I'd be gutted if it was the end. I'd be quite upset if that was it. It'd be a shame, wouldn't it? But Yeah, I mean, the Undisputed Era are technically um, a cool heel faction anyway, mm. and... If you think of like what's happened over the last few weeks or so, uh, Kyle O'Reilly has broke out as a pure babyface uh, with his matches with uh, Finn Balor, with him coming back from uh, being uh, isolated due to his uh, diabetes and stuff like that. So it makes absolute sense that he's kicked out of the group and the group continue without him. Um, I hope that that's the kind of route that they go down uh, because uh, I think... Kyle O'Reilly is an absolute world-beater star, uh, yeah. and I don't think he needs uh, to be in the shadow of Undisputed Era anymore. No, no, that's that's fair enough. I mean, almost like, again, you go back to the Horseman, I suppose you look at um, guys the Horseman helped make with regards to Sting and Luger and so on, leaving the group and breaking away on their own. Maybe that sort of mentality, I guess. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. And then you keep the 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 money train and and the the fans chugging along with uh, with the original uh, undisputed era and Kyle O'Reilly is a, a massive star on 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 the outside. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, before we get on with our well, I suppose couple of topics this week. Um, I want to give a couple of shout outs uh, here to say thank you to certain people. Um, yeah. First of all, I want to say thank you to Mr. Benny Mack. 
who has done the voiceovers and so on for a couple of our episode intros. You can find Benny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, he's a great lad, does lots of streaming for computer games, um, and has a podcast and a radio show on a Monday night online with Base FM. Check out his content, and he, he's been a great help with doing the voiceovers for intros, as I said. Um, mentioning intros, I want to say a huge thanks to the, the super cool bloke Randy Hogan, who did our little uh, our little intro that we used last week and potentially going to use again in future weeks. You know, thank you very very much, Randy. That was awesome of you. And Orion Williams, we've said thank you to him in the past, um, but we'll say it again. Uh, Orion Williams, you can find him on Facebook. He is in numerous bands such as Orion Grooves, Yes Mustache, Abandoned Ninjas and so on a uh, very very talented musician who basically wrote the benny hill-esque uh entrance theme sort of to the show that we use on quite a few occasions um and just said yeah use it you know feel free to use it no no issues with that and so on so i want to say thank you to all those people uh for the help they have given with bits and bobs for the show yep absolutely yep great stuff great stuff okay um We'll get to a bit of wrestling shortly, Max. I think we've. Got... <laughs> I know what's coming. I yeah. know what's coming. Well, we said on last week's show, didn't we? Um, after having a good, after having a good laugh with some of the odd food takes we had in the week before playing um, Total or Toasty, um, that we'd uh, maybe maybe have a, a, another topic for this week and the idea of drunken stories or you know drinking tales sort of popped in my head after a couple of stories that we told ourselves. On last week's show, I put that out on Twitter, and I, I want to say that our pool of listeners are a depraved bunch of dr- boozy, boozy yeah. lunatics. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very very worrying the the, the caliber of people I've uh, associated with on wrestling Twitter. Yeah, I'm very very worried. Yeah, I mean, some of them are, are funny. Some of them are shocking <laughs> but yeah, in the some of them are scary yeah scary scary stories i mean i thought i could put away beer but jesus wept some of these guys are absolute animals yeah definitely <laughs> um we'll have a little scan through i mean it's, it's amazing the response we got as well within i think maybe 20 minutes half an hour of me putting the tweet out uh, at chain underscore wrestling asking for these tales for today's episode i probably yeah like i said within 20 minutes half an hour or so had enough to fill four or five episodes so it's, <laughs> <laughs> and all, most of them came from steve from the bang bang podcast yeah yeah there's a couple from him there's um well i'll tell you what we'll start with we'll start with uh dan griffin at dan griffin 21 wow um, I, what I mean, i've heard pissed. a couple i've heard a couple of these stories before but yeah, some of them, yeah, they even blew my mind. I'm, I'm just literally going to list them, okay? I'm just going to read them straight <laughs> from his Twitter, okay? Uh, Black Titan Benadorm, woke up in a hedge. <laughs> Got run over by a delivery motorbike. Popped up worried he'd ruined people's food. Found out a few days later he'd actually torn his tricep. Um <laughs> Got so blackout drunk, he woke up missing half of a front tooth, but had no other facial damage and had no idea what happened. I mean, that's concerning. Let's be honest. That's a bit of a worry, isn't it? If you can't remember yeah. anything. Um, got shit-faced one New Year's Eve. Woke up in uh, in bed with two of his best friends, who were a couple. Uh, freaked out, wondering what the hell had gone on and what had happened. Uh, Realised he had his undies and his jeans on. Doesn't mean nothing happened, Dan. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> 
Um, blacked out on his 21st slept at a friend's walked home the next day with a giant green cock drawn on his cheek that he couldn't scrub off before he had some form of induction meeting um, so he had to turn up with a great big green willy drawn on his face mate which I think's lovely stuff <laughs> absolutely brilliant and, and couldn't have happened to a better block no no definitely um, we had a message from uh, five nerds go at five nerds go um Simply just said, weed on a hobo in a bush. Yeah, I've heard that story as well. So I was like, oh, okay, that's shocking. And then he, they did respond and say, look, just a disclaimer, we didn't know he was there until he jumped up and started chasing us down the street. Can you imagine being that poor homeless chap trying to get warm in, in, in your little hedge or bush well, or whatever? Technically, and, has got warm. Well, I suppose, I suppose. And a, and a shower. <laughs> so it's win-win. Yeah, I guess, mate, I guess. Um Brainbuster boys uh at brainbuster oh hang on a second yeah at brainbuster boys um brett it says in brackets here has sent this in had a tendency in college to pour beer on his head or let someone else do it when he was drunk uh when edge surprise returned in the 2010 rumble he was so fired up that he told his friends that if he won he let them pour beer on me while naked and the rest is history it says here so i'm guessing he had a nice nice, nice beer shower yeah but that's a drunk story and wrestling, Max. So he's ticking two boxes for us there, isn't he? Win-win. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Um, call Up Wrestling, uh, at Call Up Wrestling. Okay. Uh, so that's Michael. Okay. Uh, got drunk, passed out, and woke up in his friend's parents' bed. Thankfully, they were out of town, he says here, with no pants on. Uh, <laughs> See, Dan like, Griffin needs to learn lessons then. If yeah, you wake up in other people's beds... Take off your pants. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's just courtesy, I think. It's uh, <laughs> uh, eventually found them in his parents' closet, um, and his friend had to check. That, yeah, <laughs> he put them away. He put them away. Yeah. That's classic. That is classic. It doesn't say here the extent he went to, but in my head, I, I really hope that he like got a hanger, put them all neat yeah. and tidy, hung them up, shut the doors, got into bed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. All the blocks pajamas. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, this is from Bang Bang Podcast Steve uh, went out in London on a bit of an after show end of album recording bender uh, came to in Goa two weeks later <laughs> I mean I just I, I don't I can't fathom how you can be so paralytic for two weeks that you end up on a, a totally other continent it's, it's crazy it's crazy, but I I enjoyed those stories. That made me chuckle. That made me chuckle. Have you got any to tell, Max? Have you got any? Uh... Do you know, I, I thought I had I was quite wild, but yeah, after listening to these, yeah, but I've had a a, a tame old time uh, with my drinking escapades. Uh, one that that I always kind of black bring up when uh, we, we we have conversations like this is um, one of the first times I really kind of like hammered it and, and got absolutely paralytic because in the UK everybody kind of like gets that gets their drinking wings by going drinking with the mates usually at a local park on the cheapest beer possible well one time uh, we started pretty early in the day uh, about one o'clock in the afternoon and, and by half past three I was absolutely arsehole but I didn't <laughs> stop carried on drinking uh, mixing everything um, ended up uh, walking home, uh, hitting every single lamppost on the on the way. Um, yeah, it was 
absolutely just brutal. Uh, got home, uh, walked up the stairs, threw up up the stairs, so like all up on the wall, and it was multicolored because it was a uh, like a mixture of, of sad, white ciders, um, stuff like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, literally anything you could grab hold of. Uh, went to bed and slept for twenty four hours straight. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I again, this is a story that involves puke. I guess there was one occasion where I went out on a Friday night and had football early Saturday morning. I went out, got absolutely smashed, um, and I used to have a tendency. And looking back now, I'm a bit older. I, I realise how dangerous this this potentially is. But I used to have a tendency to be sick in my sleep when I've been drinking to to, to excess when I was younger. Um, I, I woke up and there was just puke all over the bedroom floor. Now I was back living at my parents at this stage. So that's not a good look. And I'm thinking, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, what do I do? Um, I, I in my bleary eyedness and my mum and dad were out. It was early morning. They were, they were both out um, somewhere. I was sort of looking around thinking, Oh God, so I gave it a bit of a scrub. Um, but I, I'm not fully with it. I'm still, I'm still sort of feeling half cut, I guess. I ended up in my stupid drunken wisdom using kitchen roll and tissue paper and stuff to sort of try to scrub the, the, the rankness away, but it kind of balled up the tissue. If you know what I mean, Mags kind of got all manky and so in my, again, drunken state, my, my, uh, impaired wisdom, I guess I decided, you know what? That soaked quite a bit of it up. I'll just get the vacuum cleaner. now. So, so I went and grabbed the vacuum cleaner <laughs> and I vacuumed up what was left on the floor, tucked oh. it away, shut the bedroom door and thought, right, I've got to go because I'm already late for football. I'll come back and I'll sort it out properly when I come back, but that'll do for now. Um, went off, played football, came back, um, walking down the road after my lift had dropped me off at the top of the road, turned the corner to where um, my parents' house is sort of on, on the corner of this, this one place. Um, coming down the driveway, I noticed that even though it's not a warm day, all of the windows in the house are open. And straight away, my heart sinks of, oh, God, this is not good news for me. I walk in, and my mum is at the kitchen sink scrubbing, I don't know what, bedding or something that I've left in a state. And then I look from the kitchen through the side door out into the garden, and my dad has stripped the whole vacuum cleaner down and is picking bits of... puke covered tissue at the vacuum cleaner <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and i've just kind of stood there and there's that moment where i realize i'm in the shit yeah <laughs> but they've not twigged i've come in the house yet and I, there's that, that it seemed like a long time but it's probably only about two three seconds where i'm thinking can i get out before they see me but they did not my dad clocked me and i've never had such a big bigger bollocking of my parents that i can remember in a long long time it was not a good look at all and then to top it all off obviously the carpet upstairs in the bedroom was there was a certain patch of it that was stained and rank and it got to a point where my dad ended up one day in a moment of being quite cross just going upstairs with stanny blade and cutting this circle out and throwing it away so for the next few days week or something maybe until my parents could recarpet the bedroom there was just a big uh, it was carpeted apart from a patch where that my dad had just cut a hole in the carpet and it was just sat there looking at me <laughs> That is brilliant. Yeah. But the best thing is you try to do the right thing. 
so you, you at least deserve a little bit of praise because you could have just left it there and gone on your merry little way. But you did you did make the situation a million times worse. But at least you did try and, and intent was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, to be fair, my intent quite often is right. There was one occasion where my dad, um, he's he's got a tendency to sort of collect cars, if you know what I mean. He's always got several different cars he's working on, fixing them up. Mate's cars are on the drive and he's fixing them up and whatnot. And then one day he got, I want to say it was um, like, like a subframe to uh, a Triumph Spitfire or something like this. It, it, was, it was quite an old classic motor. And he got this subframe for it, all the bottom parts of it. And he dumped it on a flower bed of my mum's and she was quite cross about this. And this is the last thing I, I remember before going uptown that night. Um, so I've gone uptown and again, it's not particularly warm evening. It's having, it's been raining as well. I'm dr- out drinking for the, the evening. Um, I'm walking home in my, again, drunken mess of a, of a state. I pass, you know, like a, one of the big roundabouts, that's sort of not at the end of a dual carriageway, but at the end of like a, one of the really big, busy roads that they have like trees and, mm-hmm. you know, like in Gloucester, there's a roundabout with loads of rabbits live on it and stuff. There's these huge roundabouts and they got these massive flower beds. And I looked and I thought, Oh, I'll get my mum some flowers. So again, my intentions are right, Max, you know? Yeah. So I picked up, so I've gone over and I've got gathered some flowers up and, took them home from my mum and I laid some out in the garden and I bought some more in the house. Again, this is maybe, I don't know what it was, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, it's pitch black. I'm absolute right off. Um, I get up that morning to my mum, not really knowing how to react, whether to sort of thank me for the intent or be cross. She kind of went closer to the cross side of the scale, <laughs> I guess, because in scooping up some of these flowers, um, I suppose trying to be efficient and not waste time. I'd basically just scooped up the whole freaking flower bed. So I, I bought all the mud with me as well. So I've staggered all the way home, carrying this whole flower bed and walked in the house, walked all the way through the house and laid them out on the dining room table. Um, just loose and then gone to bed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but on the way up to bed, um, it, like I said, it's dark. There's little ornaments on the stairs and, and there's, you know, the animals are running around. I've had to lean because also I'm a bit wobbly on my feet after a few baby shams. Um, I'm sort of wobbling about a bit. I stick my hand. And of course I've woken up and looked down the stairs to see effectively a trail of muddy handprints going from, uh, the, la- the hallway up to the bathroom and then from the bathroom into the bedroom, you can basically track my path right through <laughs> the house. Movements. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've woken up and I- I'm still caked in mud. The bed's full of mud. Um, there's a patch of carpet missing on the floor. <laughs> yeah. So that was another one where I sort of had the right intent, but it didn't, uh, wow. didn't quite go as it should. Um, I've saved the best for last though, Max. I've had a message from somebody who's actually a very, very good friend of mine. Um, I've, I've known him many, many years. We used to work together and, and so on. Um, and that's uh, Mr. David Pyle. He lives in Gloucester. Um, very, very good friend of mine. When I said about drinking stories, I, I thought I, I'm going to speak with him because I guarantee he's going to have a couple because he has effectively in the past been one of my main say, drinking partners, I guess. Yeah. Um, he sent me a WhatsApp message here. I'll, I'll just sort of start reading it through. Um, four years ago, uh, is making reference to I and me, but this is this is David's words, not my own. Just so everyone's aware. Um, <laughs> four years ago, uh, he went to Froster Beer Festival. 
as standard. He, he goes every year. Um, and when he goes, he dresses in his metal t- his heavy metal t-shirts, a denim jacket with all the patches on the back and, um, and a kilt and the big new rock boots. Now, obviously, you don't wear anything under a kilt, do you? Um, day one, uh, and again, his words here, got thoroughly shit-faced as standard. Um, had a burger early in the day. Apart from that, was just drinking ale all day long. Ooh. Day two, um, wake up feeling pretty rough. But not normally not feeling this. Normally he doesn't feel that bad if he's been drinking ale, but always does have a bit of a funny belly. As you can imagine, drinking ale all day long and, and different, you're trying different ones. And the whole point is it's an ale festival, you know? So it's. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, one thing I've never had. Never been ill off beer, never had a hangover, anything like that. No? Never. Oh, okay. Ah, fair enough. I mean, I, I'm quite fortunate in that if I go, if I stick to, if I stick to lager, for example, I'm all right. If I deviate a little bit, then I do get a bit of a bad head. But no, I, don't I, get... I, I can literally drink anything that people put in front of me. Uh, have a different drink every single time we go to the bar, and never, never am ill or um, or have any anger off it at all. Yeah, you lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, every, every, all my drinking buddies hate me. <laughs> but yeah dave says uh day two wakes up feeling pretty rough um but that's standard i suppose uh get lack of sleep um lots of ale lack of food got himself a breakfast and a few cans and, and he also took a little bit of something else that may not be 100 percent legal um to try and get himself going again uh <laughs> Waited for the arena to open, and off off you go, back in again, full bore again. Um, he said, daftly, I was acting like Billy Big Bollocks, um, trying to drink 100 pints and stand up being silly. Uh, oh. Come 9pm, I decided to go for a tactical snooze to come back out later in the day. Um, didn't expect to make it back, to be honest, but I thought I'd try, and he set an alarm and so on. Conked out in the sleeping area of his massive four-man tent, in still wearing his kilt and his new rocks and his metal garbs, etc. Um, woke up around 3 a.m. Obviously, you're going to sleep that early. You're going to wake up early, aren't you? Still feeling, in his exact words, absolutely muntered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, barely able to walk, but busting for a piss. As I'm, you know, it happens when you're camping, and it's a nightmare when you're when you're at a festival when you wake up and you need a whiz. You got to mess around with the zip and all that. Took two steps into the front of his tent, felt a gurgle in his stomach, and basically shat two days' worth of real ale all over the tent floor and into his big, heavy metal New Rock boots. Oh, man. <laughs> Camped like 10 metres away from the portaloos. Everyone else was asleep, so he had to stagger over to the bog to inspect the damage and was greeted by the stench of not only his own shit, but 2,000 other people's real ale and cider poos. Oh, uh, he then he then commenced to puke everywhere because of that. There, there was a hose outside the bog for campers to wash stuff, so he had a freezing cold shower from a hose pipe <laughs> whilst covered in his <laughs> covered in his own vomit and shit. Um, mopped up his shitty tent with a towel a bit, but again, it's dark and he's half cut. Um, went back to sleep till six. Woke up feeling a bit better actually, <laughs> but the whole place stank. So he packed up the shitty tent with regret, as it says here, his missus would still do her nut at him if he came home without it, even in that state. Uh, I'd have took the bollocking and I would just burn the tent. <laughs> yeah, get shot of it. 
um, when uh, his mate Nick came to ask if he'd thrown up, um, he's like, Dave said, well, what do you mean? How, how, how do you know I was rough? And apparently his mate Nick um, was wiping his hand and said that he was looking for some food, stuck his hand in his in Dave's tent and basically got a great big palmful of, should we say, rusty water? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, basically, basically he drank a, t- <laughs> a shed ton of ale, um, had a bit of a jippy tummy, and commenced to fill up his new rock boots and tent with two days' worth of ale shite. So that, I think, takes the biscuit this time whilst we're talking about drunken stories. What, what are you thinking, Mags? <laughs> I'm thinking that he's equal measures a legend and an animal. <laughs> Do you know what? I think when it comes to Harry, that's what we call him, Harry. Uh, when it comes to Harry, Dave... He... You're pretty much spot on the money there. That's that's an apt description. That is. <laughs> that, is that is mental. Absolutely mental. It is. It is. I mean, we had many, many more come through as well. But I'm thinking we're going to save a few of those and potentially go back and um, re retouch upon this topic. Um, I, I, you know, did, did, listening and reading some of these these tweets, I feel I've not lived. I feel that I've wasted my life. I've got a couple more uh, for myself. Um, I'm not like I said. We'll, we'll save them for another day. But I'll give you a little bit of a trailer for a future episode, I suppose. Um, if we're lucky, maybe I'll tell the story about seeing Aerosmith in London and having to get cut out of a fence by the police. But that one is one Oof. for future day um, because yeah. we need to talk about some wrestling, my friend. NWA, WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Yeah, wow. I mean, is there any point now? I don't think any five star match could have topped the stories that we've uh, that we've heard today. No, potentially not. <laughs> but I mean, on the whole, um, we're looking at uh, in your house two. Um, the match that we we linked to was the Shawn Michaels Jeff Jarrett um, Intercontinental Championship match. Um, you say five star match. I mean, Dave Meltzer gave it four and a half. I think was the actual yeah. rating. Um, but I, you know, we're going from a story about literally the drizzling shits to something that is the exact opposite. I think this. I really enjoyed this. What were your thoughts, mate? Yeah, um, I have to agree. I mean, I wasn't looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, I watched the I, I watched the match years and years ago when it was on, but I don't particular. I didn't particularly remember. It's not one of those matches where you go back and watch it over and over again. Um, so I was, I did have like slight trepidation with it being kind of like mid nineteen nineties WWF. It wasn't like the the high highlight of of wrestling back then. But you know what? I enjoyed it. It was a really really good match. Uh, really kind of like a classic, um, 
old school style of, of wrestling match and something that we don't see a, a hell of a lot of nowadays. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, 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 a worthy four-plus star match. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, I mean, it's July 23rd, 1995, in your house two, um, coming from the Nashville Municipal Auditorium, which is, you know, a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> Just shy of 6,500 in attendance. Um, yeah, I mean, in your house too. This is a new concept the WWF were trying. Um, w- were you following wrestling extensively back then, Mags? Can you remember the in your house shows starting up? And what were your thoughts then and, and now, I guess, about these sort of shorter events, aren't they? Yeah, um, this was kind of like the beginning of the push into uh, monthly events. Um Obviously, the, back then the WWF had the the Big Four. If you started to include the the King of the Ring, the Big Five, uh, and and Vince wanted to kind of like for essentially milk more money out of out of his uh, out of his audience and added like these in between events uh, in your houses, which eventually ended up being becoming their own kind of a um, B level and C level pay per views. But yeah, I remember watching them uh, back then, and it, they were essentially short pay per views. They come at a cheaper cost. You got uh, maybe the 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 not so such a uh, big matches at the beginning it was kind of almost like what you would get now on a on a raw or a smackdown those kind of level matches yeah yeah i mean the the thing for me with in your house events that really stand out i mean i don't remember watching them at the time if i'm honest i don't know if i did and i've just forgotten but mm-hmm. i don't remember really seeing a great deal of them back then it would have been 95 so us you know i'd have been 14 so i'd have been watching wrestling still so admit, i don't know why i've not seen many of these um yeah, I, th- I think the first one was in late 94 i think okay um if i remember rightly uh it was the one where uh razor and one two three kid were meant to be uh, facing Jarrett and the roader um but it was changed to a handicap match because uh one two three kid was was injured uh and that's when we got the attack from savio vega uh, which uh, on Jarrett and the Roddy, uh, that was who um, um, Razor Ramon was bringing into the company. If you if you could remember that storyline, um, and that's what kind of led to this match because we got uh, Roddy pushing uh, Vega into um, Shawn Michaels, who was a commentator, and he in turn shoved uh, uh, the Roddy and then attacked Jarrett, and then which led to to this match on. In your house too, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that stands out for me with these in your house events, though, is is the sets. I, I love it. I love the mm. uh, NXT reused it recently, didn't they? But I love the house front that you're coming through the entrance way, and some of them used to have a screen, and some of them didn't, depending on the size of the place, I guess. Yeah, and it's really it just screams like real retro, you know, mid nineties wrestling and i i love all that i think it's a great look isn't it yeah i, I agree and uh and it was it was kind of like the beginning of of linking events uh with a common theme 
Uh, and then obviously they did start getting their own subtitles, and then eventually the the in your house name would get dropped. But yeah, I thought it was a a cool kind of like recurring theme for for a, a pay per view, uh, and it it did relatively well in terms of of, of uh, sales as well. I think this one got uh, about two hundred eighty thousand bars, which. If you think of now it being a B-level pay-per-view, that's like the equivalent of, say, uh, TLC or Fastlane doing a quarter of a million bars. I think WWE be absolutely uh, pleased as punch with, with that. So they were really, really popular back then. Yeah. I suppose the reduced price helps with that, I guess, doesn't it? So- yeah, I think did they end up being like $14.95 or something like that at the beginning. I don't really know. I know it was cheaper because obviously they're shorter as well. Aren't they? Was it just two hours? I think they clock in that, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously Michael's here. Uh, he is, uh, I suppose, quite early in his babyface run here, isn't he? Um, yeah. In the mid nineties, it's before he wins his world title and the boyhood dream comes true and, and all, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's still wrestling um, for the Intercontinental Championship sort of level. Um, it, it, well, it, it it actually had. Uh, title matches. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd faced Diesel after winning the 95 Rumble, hadn't he? Yeah, and then um, he'd, he'd had uh, Sid as his bodyguard, and then we got the turn from Sid, which essentially turned uh, Michaels uh, uh, into a face, and um, and that's what led led to this. And uh, yeah, he's always been one of the the very best faces and one of the very best heels. So it was uh, it was cool to see the the actual heartbreak kid uh, back when he started being essentially a face. Yeah, yeah, and Jarrett is coming in with quite the storyline behind him, has isn't he? The WWF have spent quite a bit of money putting together the music video for him for um, uh, "With My Baby Tonight," um, which is obviously sang by the Road Dog, but they're saying it's Jarrett. <laughs> they've um, <laughs> they they breaking kayfabe there, Simon. Oh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, <laughs> they've uh like i said, shot the music video there's lots of vignettes of him going around nashville um trying to get into like various restaurants or the hall of fame i think he tries to get into at one stage citing the fact that he's this big music star um i, I love all that sort of stuff when they when they used to do little vignettes like that i think it's yeah. great when you see a character sort of out of the wrestling arena but still uh, in character if that makes sense mm-hmm yeah, um, and and Jarrett was the perfect one to do that with the with the link with Tennessee, uh, the the fact that he he thought his his own shit didn't stink. He was really really good at uh, at playing this like uh, I'm better than you and you, and everybody knows it character. The what just watching the event and I think this was his first ever live and i'm saying that with the most quotation of quotation marks when it was the first of a live uh, performance of, of the song um and the 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 big kind of like uh uh hullabaloo that wwe or wwf put on on the fact that he was doing this performance yeah they really want they, they saw a massive star in jarrett uh and really kind of like pushed him to the moon um it's just a shame he kind of like pissed on his chips when he uh he said he didn't really like the angle and and then went on his uh merry little way for a while afterwards yeah i mean that's an odd one as well isn't it because they're building all this out and it's, it's not like it's been decided yesterday mm-hmm. you know this has been going on for a while this has been in the works for quite a while and he just decides all of a sudden yeah i don't fancy this yeah i mean it's been- they- 
they recorded all the music with uh, Road Dog. You can quite, you can clearly tell it's his voice. You can see the lip syncing on the show. Um, you can, you notice how Road Dog disappears from from the the where the area where the band is. Yeah, so it's it's obviously something that they've they planned for quite a while, and then yeah, he just uh, he did uh, an Ultimate Warrior or did a um, uh, Hulk Hogan like these plans don't work for me, brother, and yeah. Uh, went on Exodus after this match. Yeah, yeah, it was just a shame because you never really got the the Road Dog Jarrett split and storyline properly, did you? So that, no, that well, could have been quite good. We got like a, an almost kind of like um, convoluted kind of uh, pass off story of, of of the split, but yeah, it could have been something way bigger than it actually was. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, something else that's sort of uh, knocking around in this era that I think was relatively new at this time for 95 um well no i suppose maybe 90 late 93 94 um the ic title but with the white background now i know you're a big fan of the ic championship that sort of block pattern but the one with the red logo this is i suppose the one that came after that um without the red logo i think it's still the same plate um, right but they've replaced the 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 lever with the white leather, and I think it's actually uh, Shawn Michaels who who kind of started that trend off because uh, later on we'll get like gold dust with a gold one. Uh, you have Warrior with a yellow one and a purple one. So yeah, there was kind of like a, a fashion of of uh, of changing the the straps of the the IC tile to to different colours. Um, I think the white strap is is cool looking but when after the match uh, uh we get like a, a backstage almost promo slash telephone where they're trying to flog some t-shirts and sunglasses uh and you see the the belt pretty close up and that that white levers took a bit of a battering yeah i imagine it's very difficult to keep clean when you've got loads of people manhandling it and um mm-hmm. i suppose all the other things flying around backstage you know the stuff that they used to put in sunny's food <laughs> and the stuff they used to put up each other's noses and so on i suppose it's quite difficult to keep a white leather belt clean uh, i reckon it looks great yeah, i really I, like the I, white ic title yeah yeah i do but it's still knocking around i mean i think cody rhodes held it with the white leather as well he he brought the and and I mean it's it's something that really grinds me when when people say he brought that tile back. It, it was a, a a reimagining of it uh, with the, the uh, with the current WWE logos on it. But yeah, he he did bring back the white belt, and it and it still looks like a really cool belt. Mm. Uh, I think it's the, it's just because you'd see so many tiles with black leather that when you see one that's uh, a different colour, it really does kind of like pop out at you. So. Yeah, I, I like the the white leather. I, I, it may be something I'll pick up in the future. A white leather RC belt. Yeah, yeah, I reckon it's quite tidy. Yeah, okay. I mean, get into the match then. Um, I mean, we start, we start, you know, quite well, don't we? A couple of tie ups, um, some nice arm drags, and so on. And then the roadie gets involved on the outside, um, and that's all a little theme running through, isn't it? I guess these mm-hmm. n- not. I wouldn't say in, in, interfering massively, but he does keep sort of sticking his oar in i guess doesn't he yeah he does uh with uh the referee distractions and attacking sean when he uh when he's outside the ring uh and even to to the finish when we get there uh he's a big part of this of this match and um again it, it's classic uh 
heel versus face tactics. And yeah, I, I was really, um, really impressed with it. And like you said, it, it doesn't go, it doesn't get to the point of parody where it's like, it's ridiculous. He, he, he does it just enough that it's effectual. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's, there's some great moments in here as well. Uh, for example, the, there's a back body drop that Sean takes from uh, Jarrett, obviously, but it's not, it's, it's backdropping him to the outside, but not over the ropes. He clears the turnbuckles and the ring post. It's yeah. quite, quite the sight, isn't it? He like really sort of gets into orbit here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, this is, this is Shaw Michaels at his, uh, some of his finest work. Uh, skinning the cat, we see that. Uh, I love the the part where Jarrett mocks uh, Shaw Michaels and and uh, sits on the corner uh, rope, kind of like the way uh, uh, Michaels used to do. And then when we get uh, the action back in the ring, uh, Michaels does exactly the same, back to him, mocking him with the, the strut and the, the two fingers up in the air. Yeah, I, I, it was such a, a great match to watch. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was great. Um, we got to talk about Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> God, he had a hard on, an absolute oh. hard on for Shawn Michaels. I was going to say, he just it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, to, to the point where it's embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing. Yeah. He's yeah, he's obviously wants to get Shawn over. He obviously wants to push Shawn as this star, and they, you know, they're already thinking about getting him. Uh, heading towards the main event picture, from what I can gather, they're already thinking about having him go into WrestleMania 12 at this stage. Um, but God, does he ever love Shawn Michaels? It's just constant ranting about how unbelievable he is. And right from the first moment, Shawn steps out of out, out through the curtain. You're hearing, "Oh, look at him! He's amazing! He's this! He's that! He's athletic! He's the most must-see champion!" and uh, and all this sort of stuff. And from what I remember, this is only the starting point. He gets worse and worse and worse as the months go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it comes to something when um, Jerry Lawler's like the calm one on, on commentary. And he, you can tell he's like, wow, Vince, just just slow your, slow your roll a little bit. He's not the, the second coming of Jesus. And we get a point where uh, McMahon's mark cuts out uh, and Jerry just fucking let's rip at him he says oh thank god that's happened uh uh, basically shut the fuck up vince Uh, and he actually does some (laughs) really good play-by-play commentary which you don't you don't really get from from uh from jerry lola but yeah i thought that that two or three minutes that we didn't have vince basically verbally masturbating over sean michaels actually the best part of the commentary i thought now you say that verbally masturbating (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know where I'm going to go with this, don't you? There was rumours, wasn't there, um, about them potentially having some form of a relationship backstage that wasn't just promoter and wrestler. Um, you've lots of these things sort of get banded around. I don't really see that myself, but we're obviously not there. Um, what are your thoughts, mate? Um, I don't know. I don't. They don't. I, mean, I think he looked at, at Shawn Michaels as like the son that he never had, and he looks at Shane as the son that he never wanted. Um, <laughs> no, I think he, he was just 
he saw absolute money in Sean Michaels, and that's why he could get away with a lot of the stuff that he did. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't believe any kind of rumours that they were uh, doing the no pants dance. The no pants dance. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's he looks like a stripper. Right? We're talking about no pants dance. <laughs> he looks like a stripper, doesn't he? He, he, he comes does. out, Sean, he and does. he. he all of his ring gear is like ripped off from like male strippers, you know, and it, the dancing and all that. It's like, he's obviously appealing to the female audience and he does that very, very well. He's, you know, he's hugely popular, but it's like, come on, mate. You know, I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. He's one of my all time favorites, but you know, it's not necessary to, to string it out that long. Is it like get on with the match? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, the guy did play girl. So yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, if you've got it flown to, I mean, if I, uh, could wrestle like he did, look like he did. I think I'd wear stripper pants a lot of the time too. Oh mate, if I look Assless like him, chaps. If, <laughs> if I look like him, I'd never wear a t-shirt ever. Yeah, exactly. like, it, it could be the middle of winter, hammering down with snow. I would still walk down the shop to get a pint of milk toppers. <laughs> you know, th- th- just because I could. You know, <laughs> um, I mean, Vince again on commentary. We get the standard Vinceisms that drive me absolutely up the wall. One, two, three, he's got him. No, he hasn't. We've what seen a him. manoeuvre. Oh, what a manoeuvre. Unbelievable. And he sort of goes up to this funny pitch, doesn't he? Sort of funny note in his voice that we know he doesn't sound like. When you hear him talk normally, he doesn't sound like that. But when he's on commentary, he tends to be constantly sort of talking up here somehow. You know, it's, oh, it drives me mad. I mean, he's a showman. Uh, what can you say? He's, uh, he loves Shawn Michaels and wants everyone else to love him just as much. So uh, he puts that kind of extra stank in his voice, I suppose, for him. Mm, I don't think anyone can love Shawn Michaels just as much as Vince loves Shawn Michaels. Too far. I mean, that's absolutely impossible. <laughs> Shawn think... Michaels don't love him as much as... It, Sean's wife and Sonny probably didn't even love Shawn Michaels as much as Vince did. <laughs> 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 um... At one stage, Michaels counters uh, a figure four attempt by uh, like a roll-up sort of small package effort there, uh, and the ref jumps down and starts counting. But as can happen quite a bit with that sort of um, counter, Double J's shoulder isn't down. And I know it's only a little thing, but it drives me bloody mad when the referee is counting, and you can you can clearly see his shoulder's not down. That drives me nuts. Yeah, it, it's it's wrestling. It's it's you know you do know it's it's fake, don't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I I get I get your point though. It's it's those little details that can kind of like take you out of of the the show. But um, I still I think it was just one kind of like slat in in what it was essentially a really good match though. Yeah, this is the thing. I'm sort of bringing these these points up. I'm, I'm talking about Vince on commentary. Uh, I'm talking about a, a shoulder being up, um, but th- that's kind of it. That's all. That's all you can really sort of pick on. I think I, I really, yeah. really enjoyed this match. I mean, uh, ultimately, then the roadie gets involved a little bit too much. Um, goes to trip Sean Michaels, but Sean's it's not Sean, and he trips uh, Jeff Jarrett by accident because apparently he can't you know see whose leg he's grabbing two inches from nah, nah, nah. that's i mean this is this is one thing that i've got to give uh jarrett and raw dog plenty of props for you can see him setting this up uh yeah just uh, just as uh we're gonna get the the 
the the Irish whip where Sean is meant to go into the ropes. You, you, there's a little bit of conversation between uh, Jarrett and the Rod, and then, and you can see like the the hand movement saying, "Oh, you're going to get the trip," and and Roddy gives him the wink and uh, gets himself in position. But then when we get the Irish whip reversal and it's Jarrett that goes into the ropes, Roddy actually turns his back to look at the crowd and then puts his arm out. So he he did genuinely make a mistake. Um, he was expected to be Sean Michaels. Uh, but yeah, it was. I thought I thought that ending or that that setup for that finish was so well done uh, because it, it would be so easy to just uh, half arse it and yeah, I've accidentally tripped the wrong person, but they they put in the the effort to to make it look like it was a genuine trip. I, I really did appreciate that. Yeah, clever, clever. Um, but yeah, he trips the wrong guy. Sean hits the the super kick, the, the sweet chin music, uh, and gets the pin. And um, then we have. In the middle of the card, over um, the mid-card championship, I suppose, fireworks, because obviously Vince McMahon adores Shawn Michaels. (laughs) 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 He had such a massive hard-on for Shawn Michaels. Oh, ridiculous. And and then, after the match, we we get a promo to sell more Shawn Michaels merch, which was absolutely baffling. They go backstage, and wrestlers who... Uh, a lot of them were in the click, uh, which people probably back then didn't know was a thing, but obviously now as wrestling fans we know. But then people who were maybe not so much involved in that, like I think there was Duke the Drumster Josie was there, um, Sh- uh, Shane Douglas was there, uh, Aldo Mantoya still wearing his uh, yellow jockstrap was was involved. And <laughs> they were all like cheering and partying, and then out of nowhere comes... Uh, this this little kind of reporter, and I can't for the laugh at me even remember who his name was, but the, uh, he's interviewing Shawn Michaels and, and pimping uh, the the new Shawn Michaels T-shirt, which comes with glasses for twenty one dollars, which you can buy at one eight hundred. Uh, buy this crap. Um, so <laughs> it just won the 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 workhorse title for the third time, and instantly into a, a sales pitch. It was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I know these pay per views. Were, were cheaper, but to go straight into a sales pitch to try and milk some more money was, yeah, it was typical WWE. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it, it, again, it's it's funny to me seeing those guys backstage because obviously we know about Shane Douglas, his problems with the click. We know about a uh, Duke Dumpster had issues as well, didn't he, with the click? Um, it's funny seeing them all backstage celebrating with him. And then Michaels, uh, before the before the match, he actually had an interview where he mentioned this as well. But after the match here, he's he's, he's still banging on about um, people that didn't give him a ring on his birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm assuming... wouldn't want to be... Uh... Well, yeah, he was, he was pissed off about that. Yeah, he was. Really, I really, I really rattled his cage. He, I, I don't know if he was sat next to the phone all day because obviously back then I don't know if they had <laughs> mobile phones, did they? Like you know, but he, he sat next to his phone all day, expecting, expecting a bit more interaction with people. Um, and he hasn't got as many phone calls as he wanted, and he seems quite upset, Sean, doesn't he? That nobody's rang. I bet Vince rang him though. I bet Vince rang him. Absolutely, Vince probably sent him a telegram. Mm, a stripogram. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's really, really upset that he hasn't had it. I mean, I don't know, maybe just just as an idea, if you want people to ring you on your birthday and be nice to you, don't be a fucking prick to everyone backstage. 
Definitely. I don't know. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. I mean, all the friends that he's ever had in wrestling were were in that one room, uh, <laughs> and then half of them is, is shit on afterwards anyway. So yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. But ultimately, uh, I really, really enjoyed this match. I, I'd quite happily go back and watch this again. Yeah. Um, for me, out of ten mags, I, I think I can quite happily give this an eight. Um, I don't think it's the best we've seen. It's not as good as Razor, Sean ladder match and it's certainly not as bad as some of the fives and sixes we've given out so i think an eight is is fair enough from my standpoint what what are your thoughts yeah i i agree with you i think eight sounds absolutely right and the fact that dave give it uh, a four and a quarter star yeah it makes a lot of sense even going back now some uh 20 years after it's actually been on uh, it still was very, very enjoyable. So, yeah, 8 out of 10 is uh, a absolutely perfect score for it. Excellent stuff. We agree again, my friend. We agree again. <laughs> we certainly do. Uh, okay. So, where shall we go next? Okay. Um, do you want to go first or second, Mags? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, okay. Af- after um, getting a little bit of a backlash on uh, Twitter about not covering enough WCW, uh, one of uh, my uh, good Twitter friends, uh, Richard, from the Dojo and Dynamite podcast, really kind of uh, wanted to push WCW. And I, I replied to him saying there's only so much uh, 2,000 WCW that, that one man can watch without uh, throwing up, basically. Um <laughs> But I took his words on board and I thought, you know what, we do need to to revisit WCW. Uh, If it wasn't for them, uh, we wouldn't have the the wrestling that we have now. They kind of really did change uh, the way we look at wrestling. So I've got to give them props for that. There was a lot of shit, but there was also some some gold there. Yeah. So how I wanted to link it to this show was um, we hear a lot nowadays about programming and counter-programming. We had a, This was getting close to the point where WCW and uh, WWE were in a massive war and they were basically vying for ratings and really kind of like trying to one-up each other. Uh, so I actually went and looked back at what... WCW event was on around this time uh, and it's actually the, the very week before on July the 16th uh, WCW had Bash at the Beach 1995 so I thought we'd we'd look at something from that show okay um, now we watched the the, the workhorse title uh, match in this show Jarrett and, and Shawn Michaels so I thought it'd be quite um, poignant to, to watch a similar style match in, in Bash of the Beach. So they had then two what you would call the mid-card or world uh, or workhorse titles. They had the, the TV title. Um, now that was defended on uh, Bash of the Beach 1995, uh, the Renegade and uh, Paul Orndorff. Um, and I saw that and I thought I'd rather... I'd rather eat my own shit than watch a Renegade match. Um, <laughs> but they did have the, the United States uh, Championship on as well, which, uh, again, you can class as a their kind of like version of the Intercontinental title. And that had Sting defending against uh, Meng, um, which I think is more uh, palatable than watching the Renegade against Paul Orndorff. So I'm going to go with... From Bash of the Beach, 1995, 
for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship, Sting defending against Meng. Sting versus Meng, 1995, Bash at the Beach. Okie doke, that's a great shite, that's a great shite. Um, I've recently watched that Renegade match, well not recently, it was a few months back. Um, I did an article for Pro Wrestling Stories about the, the Renegade's career and ultimately sad ending. Um, and to do that article, I you know, obviously have to do a bit of research. I pride myself on being quite thorough when it comes to that sort of thing. Fuck you, Marty Jannetty. It's true. Um, <laughs> there's a story behind that, but I'm not going to get into it now. Um, <laughs> I watched that Renegade match, and you're right to avoid it. It's not great. But sadly, I ended up watching many, many more of those during this little research period. And I'm not going to lie, mate. I never, ever want to watch that fellow wrestle again. <laughs> Ever. I may change my pick then. I've reserved <laughs> the right to change that pick. Oh no! <laughs> but um, Sting versus Meng from that event. I think I watched that as well, or at least I've had it on in the background, and it is it is decent. I I really liked it. So yeah, I mean it, it's going to be a good watch. Do you know what? Do you know what else you could have done from okay. there? Bash at the Beach '95. Um, this is prime sort of when when WCW's ratings were going up and up and up and they're really battling with the WWF and a lot of the stuff on Raw was not great a lot of stuff on WCW wasn't great but they were pulling in ratings and um advertising deals and so on uh, mainly because of a signing they'd made a year or two previous who's actually right. the headliner on the show that you've just spoke about Bash at the Beach so we can use the same route as you to get to Bash at the Beach 95 but then rather than going down the card a bit towards Sting and Meng we could have gone up the card and see and there's Hulk Hogan defeating Vader in a cage um, yes. and that was for the WCW world title um, a few years previous to that though Max he won the WWF world title when he saved the world from the evil Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania 7 in 1991. There we go, mate. There we go. I weren't going to do it this week. When you started talking bash at the beach, I thought, oh, you know what? I could do He's that. He's giving me a link. <laughs> <laughs> He's lobbing me a softball. That's it, mate. That's it. Actually, it's not going to be that. I'm still, I'm still holding on to that one for the perfect opportunity to see if people do want to revisit that match and listen to you. Um, moan and whinge about how awful it is because you've got to watch it a million and one times for different podcasts. <laughs> the link is uh, my link's my link's quite again quite straightforward, I suppose. Um, Sid Vicious is in the main event of In Your House Two, the pay per view that had the match that we've just covered. Sid is also in the main event of WrestleMania Thirteen, and I thought it's almost like a double link, Max, with what we've been speaking about earlier and um the, the wrestling side as well we're gonna go if my selection wins which looking at your selection i kind of hope it doesn't now <laughs> if, we're, if my selection wins i thought we could have a little look for the for the first time at the undertaker because we could take we can have a look at undertaker versus sid vicious wrestlemania 13 for the wwf title um the link being obviously sid main events both shows um and also if the stories are true, we just had a wonderful discussion about people getting drunk and pooing themselves. At WrestleMania 13, apparently Sid had an accident. So, there we go. I've linked it with wrestling and poo. Lovely. 
Classy. That's all you get from chain wrestling. Classy. That's it, mate. Absolute top-notch class entertainment. Class entertainment, mate. Excrement and wrestling. So, (laughs) okay, there we go. There are your links for next week. We have Sting versus Meng from Bash at the Beach 1995 or Undertaker versus Sid Vicious or Sid Justice, I think you would have been called Devonly, at WrestleMania 13. Um, have a look out on the show's social medias. Uh, the Twitter is at chain underscore wrestling, where you'll find the poll when this episode comes out. The episode will be shared and the following tweets attached to it in the thread will have the poll in as well. Keep an eye out as well on the show's social medias. Again, Facebook and Twitter at chain underscore wrestling for what potential topic me and Mags might want your help with next week. Um, And I think we're kind of done, my friend. Do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Yep, you can find me on the Twitter sphere at DJ Kerber. And for uh, everybody who did reply, for the the drunken stories we absolutely do appreciate it there were some hilarious stories but you all do need jesus uh and <laughs> I, I pray for you all uh but yeah it's it, this doing this show is absolutely so much fun and and a big part of that is the feedback and and the interaction we get from you guys on on uh, social media so yeah i can't thank you all enough for for that oh definitely if it weren't if it weren't for the interactions we get off everybody um even just voting in the poll or helping us out with these these additional topics we've been doing the last couple of weeks um or even just messaging us to to let us know where you think we could go next um it, it's it's brilliant I, I completely second what you say there max i mean if it was just me and you talking i'm not gonna lie we'd have probably been this off after about a month wouldn't we you know <laughs> look at that see i don't get any respect uh listeners seriously it abuses me I put a good front on, but look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna shoot on Sam one of these days. Shoot on me? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, again, you can find the show on Twitter at chain underscore wrestling. Vote in the poll. Uh, look out for our additional subjects we're going to be doing. Um, you can find me at SJP Words. Um, I'm off to empty a few baby shams and try on a kilt. Mags, I'll speak to you next week, mate. <laughs> Speak to you next week. <laughs> tell her, but tell her.